The Boldly Now Show, Burning Desire, Big Ideas, Bold Action. Welcome to Boldly Now. My name is Rachel Morrison, and my co-host today is Michael Sean Conway, and we have a very special conversation that we're about to have with a dear, dear friend of ours, Sarah Drew. She is, I would say, one of the most prophetic and prolific authors of our time. She's the author of the Gaia Codex and has done amazing work in the world as a woman entrepreneur and really truly has a deep-seated code for this unique time sequence that we're all finding ourselves in and it's just such a such an honor to be with sarah today her insight and wisdom and care for word and perception are um, in many ways unparalleled uh, in the world so sarah thank you so much for being with us this afternoon so happy to be here with both of you and uh, all of us that are listening and watching and yeah, Rachel, Michael, I'm really feeling this, this potent moment of evolution and potential that all of us are in right now. And the fertility of that, the catalyst of that, the um, inner and outer transformation of that. So, yeah, as we're sitting here and, and breathing and uh, wherever you're listening to this from or watching this from, just breathing with all of you uh, about this potent evolutionary moment. So that being said, what is most alive for you right now these days, Sarah? You've done some amazing work in the world, uh, hinting to many of the moments that we have experienced over uh, maybe the last year or two. What, what, are, what are you noticing in, the, in, the, in this parallel uh, experience of reality? Mm. What's been coming to me over the last weeks is really that sense, you know, that is the foundation of, in Buddhism, of equanimity and balance. And, you know, of course, you know, I'm, I'm speaking to you here from upstate New York um, in America, and we're experiencing the expression of polarity very strongly. Um, I, I woke up the other night at about three o'clock in the morning and restless, not able to sleep, and just found myself in this deeper prayer of, um, may we be able to heal our inner psyche and outer psyche. Of course, it's a continuum of the one, but, you know, really as a country where it's being put into these polarities and I felt as my own inner practice at least, and um, hopefully what I can convey is to really seek that middle ground, the middle way. Yeah, Sarah, and it, you know, I love the equanimity idea, and it just brings to me the kind of, well, what's a lack of equanimity? It's that swinging between hope and fear. And mm. um, 
you know, I think right now, uh, you know, all sides of the political spe spectrum uh, really have us um, eating a daily diet of fear. Uh, you know, if, if this happens, then oh my goodness, this is happening. And 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 I just how how is it? How can we move forward when there's so much? Not just I mean, there's some real things to be afraid of in the world. I'm not saying there's not, but there's so much narrative and storytelling that's aimed at me. That's fear, fear, fear to try to get me to have a certain way of thinking, a certain way of behaving. You know, like what can we do? To get, to get some of that equanimity, to have some of that feeling of like, okay, here I am, and that's going on out there, and I'm just gonna leave it out there for a while. Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think, you know, that ability to see in the quote unquote other, their humanity, mm -hmm. their sentience, and, you know, extending it, of course, beyond just other humans, but, um, you know, many of us have families where these polarized views or extended families, maybe not immediate, um, but when we get into extended relatives where these polarized views and, you know, these are people that we love, right? And in our human family, you know, these are people that are raising children that have the same hope and fears. Um, seeing the Maya <laughs> of it all. You know, like you said, there's this whirl of, at one level, it's, you know, Maya illusion. Um, but I, I know that is maybe not the medicine when you're feeling the emotions really strongly. Uh, yeah, and just, just, just following up with that, it's, um, you know, maybe that maybe there are those of us and maybe, and I think a lot of our listeners and watchers that are, that are a little um, exhausted by it all, by yeah. the by the uh, intentional causing of division and strife and and pitting one group against each other, which seems to be done for either money or power or power or money. It's it's mm. pretty pretty blatant, you know. Like the 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 you know, like we're looking for ways to look forward beyond all that. Yes, to have some uh, ability to see as as Maya, but also get our hands on doing something about it. And so I think, you know, look, I'm, I'm curious to see from your perspective, you know, like, where does that start? Is that an internal journey? Do we actually need to get out in the world and do things? You know, what do you think is being called for right now? Both, right? I mean, it's, for me personally, it, it, it all starts internally. You know, when I'm sitting in the morning and meditating and I can see my own anger or my own polarization or my own agitation, well, that's a good start to work on. But, uh, you know, we're action beings. And I think, as you're saying, a lot of the probably listeners here are people who have a sense, you know, each of us are here to play a part in the creation that's coming forward. All of us are co-creating. I think, you know, coming back to this idea that we are all powerful co-creators of the reality, that we are not just uh, riding the waves and that we can, you know, help create the waves together or create the calm together. Um, I think addressing that is really important. I was reading last night, again, I couldn't sleep. It sounds like I'm not getting much sleep these days. I'm trying to, I love, I love to sleep. But um, it, it was a, a book on the, the history of democracy. 
and talking about how in this current time in democracy that there's a sense of, of disenfranchisement because we have representative democracy. We're not coming together necessarily in co-councils where with indigenous tribes like the Iroquois, they had a de democratic system, but they had people who were sitting in council together. We're sending our representatives. So there's a lot of people that feel disconnected from the process. And I think we're at a point of how can we reconnect at all levels and, you know, ignite that spark through ritual, through political action, through creation, that we are through our, the, the gift of our imagination, that we're a part of the process. Absolutely. There's uh, something that what you said reminded me of the importance of co-creation but coming from the individual's deepest impulse and mm -hmm. knowing of what is theirs to do and contribute into mm -hmm. that. Yeah. And I'm curious for you, what, what kind of muscles need to be built around that point of action? Cause I, I know that you yourself and, uh, many of the characters that, that you write about go on these epic journeys, mm. epic, epic journeys. And there's no one else there. Um, but the work that gets unfolded because of the passion of someone's life being made manifest is the thing that makes all the difference. Yeah, I, I love that. Rachel, you know, this, I think imagination, you know, really the cultivation of imagination, the cultivation of creating from clear view, if we can. Um, those of us who play in the fields of creation, you can see when an idea, when we're taken hold of by an idea, and, and some of us may be getting a lot of ideas and passions. You know, that's like a, as a young, young woman in our 19s or 20s, you know, whew, if you're open to it, there, there's a lot of passions that can come in. And then there's discernment, right, of seeing what is yours to do? What is your dharma? What is the thing that's aligned with your soul? And, um, but I think that wide view of being willing to see the world different then those around you may see it and see where that takes you. Because that, when it's aligned with, I think, a prayer of, um, you know, may I be here to benefit the most beings now and over time. It's really powerful. We work, we work with uh, imagination a lot at Boldly now. It's one of our kind of core practices in a lot of the <laughs> courses that we teach. You know, if you're going to generate a future, you've got to be able to see it um, exactly. and touch it and have a sense of it. But yeah. um, it seems that, you know, many, um, many people these days don't have much practice with that. Mm. Um, they don't have a lot of practice with, with their imagination. Is it maybe it seems to be childish or maybe it seems to be wishful thinking or things like that. And, you know, maybe for our, our listeners, you can start, you can help us to kind of understand the power of imagination. It's not as, as something other than just a, a, a game or a, a, you know, a child's activity. Well, as uh, 
both of you know, right? You know, creative manifestation, the, the thought is the first seed of material manifestation. I think creation, it can exist here in the ethers, or it can exist as a thought, if you will, but um, thought with cultivation becomes material reality. And I know personally, I've seen that. I think everything around me, my life, has come out of a, a, a visualization. What I also do, though, is that I offer it up. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I tend to write things, you know, in my own personal life. I'll, I'll write things in detail. I'll bring together pictures, um, uh, Pinterest now, before it was vision boards, or I draw and just see it as clearly as possible. And that was something my, my dad taught me, actually. I mean, I, I grew up in a family where, you know, at nap time, we would have a little uh, journey visualization cassette tape <laughs> we would take. It was the, the 70s, 60s and 70s, um, you know, to help calm ourselves. But um, out of that, learn this process of but what I do is I'll I'll see something in detail and then I'll I will offer it up um you know to if you have a deity that you work with if it's just higher consciousness and I ask whatever is in the highest benefit for all beings around time and it's important I think not to be attached to it I know with Gaia Codex it was something that I offered up many times asking, is this mine to do? And it kept saying yes and kept coming back to me. Um, I think that's powerful that way, you know, to have the, the vitality of, of creating, of creation, but to also the non-attachment. That's really beautiful, Sarah. And I think you touched on something really important here about knowing what is ours to do Mm. and even asking the question Mm. what is ours to do and i think for so many of us we get lost in all of the millions of possibilities that are ours to do in this lifetime and so what are some of the practices and thought processes you have around uh, narrowing it down (laughs) So that we can take clear action now and be very um, deliberate and wildly successful in the things that we choose to focus on. Well, in these times, it's been a learning process for sure to to do that. Um, I think my prayer is, you know, what will be of most benefit to all beings, you know, at this time and in the future, you know, um, personally, I always, I I have enough things that of, I want to create that probably will last many lifetimes (laughs) if we get the opportunity to do that. Um, I also, for me, it's something, the things that really need to come through, I cannot not do them. It becomes, it can become a somatic ache, you know, that will really just hound me (laughs) if I'm not doing it. Um, 
not that the joy, there's a lot of joy in the creating. Um, I, there's a lot of joy in that. And it's a gift to be able to be engaged in that way. But when something wants to be, it, it'll, it'll pursue me. I, how about you guys? I mean, do you, are you, are you pursued with these things like the, like boldly now? Like, I, I'm curious, how did that come into fruition? And it, it, for me, it comes up over and over again, you know, the yeah. same, same thing. And sometimes <laughs> I have to try different formats. So we mm. finished a movie called We Rise Up. I don't know if you had a chance to see it. I'll, I'll send you mm. a link if you haven't. Mm. Um, and it was trying to tackle these from a, uh, kind of a 90 minute perspective. And mm. uh, we have another project called The Futurist, which is trying to look at a hundred year future for reality, a hundred oh. year future for humanity. Like what would it look like if we got it all right? And then, I love that. And they, so they're basically <laughs> pulling towards the same thing and using big media. But when COVID mm. hit, we realized, oh my goodness, you know, humanity doesn't, doesn't have time. It doesn't it yeah. get these messages. We can't wait 18 months. And so we, we really um, started up and brought Boldly Now forward as, an ex, as a, a response to this mm. time. Mm. Uh, so I think for, for me personally, it, it all comes back down to my purpose, which is to, uh, to liberate human beings for, uh, for the generation of a thriving humanity. We have to be liberated of our fears and our petty attachments and our wounds and our, mm. our, our, um, even our concept of who we are in order for us to be able to be truly in service to that, which wants to come through us. So, you know, I see both parts of it. It's like, there's the future and we got to talk about that. And then we got to talk about us right now and, and how, how come we're manifesting this and what does that give us an opportunity to manifest? So, but to me, it seems like all of these things are all parts of one thing that keep trying to come through me. And uh, the only thing that, that like time is what it takes. Like they want to come through, like you said, gosh, I've got lifetimes of ideas. And um, mostly it's about how do we invest our time? And then a second piece of that is how do we come together and share our, our parts? How do mm. we, how do we, you know, know that it's, this is the thing that I'm here to do, but actually mm. it's a little part that I'm really good at and mm. I don't have to do all the rest of this. Maybe I can do some of the rest of this. Maybe I get called to action and doing something that's not my best thing to do, but but really, I think our, our you know, connective design, our network design, our capacity to come together and collaborate on these things is, is the thing that most gets me excited. The thing that I think, wow, I can only do such a small thing by myself, but together with other people with a similar vision mm. and, and not even working on a company together, but actually just walking in the same direction, what, what can we create? And then how do we hold hands and do that? So that's, that's the thing for me that keeps coming up again and again. What about you, Rachel? Yeah, for me, uh, well, there's, there's a lot of similarities in what the both of you shared and or my personal impulses, but I definitely feel this delightful knock mm. from a most anticipated guest, which is, ironically someone that perhaps I've never met but is the most familiar thing I could ever know mm -hmm. and how I feel myself constantly preparing mm -hmm. for that encounter for that visit for that moment uh, of reconnection mm -hmm. that gets to happen 
as soon as I allow the first connection to come, I realize that there's 10,000 connections to follow mm -hmm. that just keep deepening that relationship mm -hmm. with this most precious guest mm -hmm. and, uh, and co-creator mm -hmm. of, of this future ancient knowing, unknowing self mm. of everything that when I really create the type of environment that you would want to create for such a prestigious guest mm. and really create the time and the space for it, how much vitality, fertility, abundance, joy, and cherished time Mm. unfolds and reveals itself that makes me sing like Hafiz, drunk off of the spirit <laughs> of God. Or <laughs> sounding like Hafiz. <laughs> or, or like Einstein and Tesla in their most moment most mm. sacred moments of genius. Mm. Right? There's this whirlwind that I can find myself getting lost mm. in that mm. absolutely takes my breath away and shakes me to my very core and mm. um that so that knocking i welcome and mm. I, I make every effort imaginable to set up as much space as i can for mm. that dialogue to continue mm. and to flourish I love that, Rachel. I, I felt like I was listening to a, a modern, a present day, a timeless day, Hafi Sirvumi. Uh, <laughs> it's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I love what you just said, Rachel, because there are times in our life when we really know what to do. We're like, yeah. this is it. This is mine to do. I got everything lined up and then we go. Um, and there's a certain kind of, of action that 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 is which is probably a pointed or a targeted or a, a destination mm -hmm. kind of action and then there's other times when um we we don't know exactly what it is we're doing maybe the things we're doing are aligned but they're they're not they're not as focused they're more dispersed and then there's also really big actions that need to be taken in that moment too and i'd like this notion of preparing ourselves mm -hmm. a lot of people that, that 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 we coach and work with are like well i don't know what i'm want to do. I don't know what my purpose is, or I haven't, I've been working in this industry and I don't know if that's about it at all. And, mm. and there's a, there's a, there's a wisdom in what you just said of like, oh, well, if you don't know, that's great because there's all these actions you can take to prepare for that, to mm. create yourself, to be the person who knows, to get the things out of the way, because you could do it the other way around. You could know and then not be able to do it because you've got things in the way. So you might as well work on, on creating the space to be able to be effective in that. And then the other thing I want to say, and this fits with your equanimity piece really well, is sometimes we are taking all these actions that we are intending to have this amazing value for humanity and create the best benefit for all. And we're really sure that the thing we're doing is doing that. And then there's something that we do just on the side that creates this enormous impact we could have never anticipated. Mm. So uh, not that we don't want to go for the pointed, focused impact. Oh, I think this is going to make a difference. But we need to be aware of the fact that, that even in our smallest actions, we may be generating the thriving future if we are a vessel for the thriving future. And so working at that spot is, I think I'm going to go back and meditate after this, uh, this call, Rachel. <laughs> make sure there's not anything I need to take care of in the short term because we have to be 
We have to be the kind of people that can realize a thriving future, to realize a thriving future. We, we have to be those people at the same time as generated for, for humanity. Well, it's yes. a big muscle. Mm. All right, the, the, the expansion and our capacity to hold a future that is in highest service to all of life and the most omni-considerate that we could think of uh, is, is quite a, a vast muscle to, to work and certainly one that is um, much more vast than our, our normal concepts of taking care of me and mine. Mm. And so in that, there's, um, there's, a, there's a lot of um, heartbreaking open that mm. needs to occur so that we can fully receive uh, the orders. Yeah, the, the whole, holy vessel. Mm-hmm. There's a technique that many, many years ago I read that it was how Tesla created but I, I've used it and it, it felt very intuitive to me. But it's the idea that, and you find this also when you go into like how ragas are created, you know, that it's something that is already existent. And at the right moment and right time, it comes through us. So when I see it, have a seed for a creation, often how I envision it, it's like a, I, I'm inside of a dome and I have these holograms of projects, books Mm -hmm. that are there. Maybe it's initiatives, maybe it's communities. And uh, at any time I can go in and and access it and download it. And sometimes maybe it'll be five or six months before I go back. And I always think that it's both there as a complete thing and it's also something that is growing and as my own soul, the own, my own vessel is being tempered and also sometimes it'll intersect with the time and kind of the collective consciousness's time of something's readiness. And so with that, I, I have um, less of a push of like, if something's not coming through, I'm fine to let it uh, cook, you know, or just be there. And then when it's the right time, it comes through and it'll come through maybe very clear. But again, I, I see these creations as existing as, as holograms of, um, yeah, kind of luminous information that's available. And um, they're, they're there in their entirety. And I think that's a different way of creating. And it, it's, in some ways, it's very transpersonal. I mean, it is coming through us as unique vessels in alignment with our dharma, but um, it's a co-creation with kind of to what you were saying, Rachel, with creation itself. And I think that shift away from, at least in the West, the idea of the, the artist who, you know, has the onus of, of, of bringing it through and it's, it's all them, you know, it's, it is, you know, these things are kissed, you know, with the divine blessing. Mm-hmm. And bestowed onto us. Yeah. As a gift to be given. Yeah. And I think that, that prayer, I mean, for me, it, again, you know, 
being here as both you have expressed, you know, to, to be in of highest service to all beings, not only in this time, but through time mm -hmm. and to be um, in service to creating um, creations that will have that ripple effect. Um, I also, Michael, I love, and I've been using it in, and I, I did it in a talk that I gave at Bioneers last year. And, but I've also been taking people a uh, hundred years into the future and sometimes 50 years into the future as a collective shamanic journey. And um, often with just some tools to use when they're there to kind of collectively envision, but I, I would love to talk more of that about that with both of you. Um, I'm someone who has lived a lot in this time, and now it's, it's and I felt that there was a documentation, you know, with my book, Gaia Codex, to, to make, um, to inscribe some of that down. But um, I'm very excited about the co-creation of all of this into the future and anchoring it with a real visceral, sensorial, collectively, mapped place and so that we aren't riding these waves of chaos but we're together um you know creating something that truly is of a benefit for all sentient life yeah um love to have your your partnership in that co-creation as as much as as time allows um you know mm -hmm. we're we're starting at a very practical level it's like what's the future of a city what's the future of transportation yeah. or the human body or Future exactly. fuel or governance or economics. So mm -hmm. these kind of really bar, broad brackets, yeah. Um, and and you know just painting a a, a desirable topic, a desirable mm -hmm. tar desirable ta target. Um, mm -hmm. And it's because so much of what we have in media, especially today, is dystopic. Yeah. It's um, it's dark. It's just plain dark. And we we mm -hmm. you know I and I and I am a one that anything we imagine becomes possible. Yeah. And so if we're imagining that either the robots or the zombies are coming to take us over over and over again, then maybe we'll figure out a way to create robots or zombies that'll come to take us over. We're, we're yeah. genius manifestors. If we're yeah. going to be a, but, but if, if our genius is going to manifest, you know, dystopia and darkness, then um, I don't really want to go to that theme park to tell you the truth. <laughs> I am not, yeah. I'm not interested. And in fact, I feel a little bit like right now, it's like, wow, I'm not really interested in whatever <laughs> we're manifesting right now. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, you know, we're, 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 we're like manifestors that, 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 uh, that they're like children. We have no, we have no control over the, the, the visions we're having and they're being brought to us from the outside. It's not like, like we're, we're completely in a, a pristine space to be able to receive transmissions from, from space. Mm -hmm. You know from the universe for what is wanting to become and um so yeah and and i, I i'll send you a video i have a, a, a i have a, a, a contemplation i've been doing it with business people that takes takes them uh a uh, hundred generations in the past so basically 2500 years in the past to the time of mm. and then 2500 years in the future looking mm. at both of what we're what are gifts that have been given to us from those 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 past generations and then really asking them to imagine generation after generation, those gifts being given forward. And what kind of gifts stand the test of time? What are gifts that really, really could reach out um, that, that you know, 2,500 years? Not yeah. us anymore, of course, because usually by the third generation after us, people have a hard time even remembering what our names are. 
four or five, exactly. six generation, maybe it's written down somewhere, but our stories and everything is gone. But the, the love or maybe the care or some of the values that we have or uh, some of the, you know, kind of myths of life can transcend. And, and I find that when people get in touch with that, they get much more clear about, about making a contribution, about what that might look like and then how they interact with people such that that, that impulse, that feeling, that, that value gets transferred not as something that Michael Sean gave to Sarah or to Rachel, but something that you're in the presence of and take up yourself and then, mm. you know, love and cherish it some more and pass it forward and pass it on to other human beings. That's the, that's the piece that I think is the most uh, hard to describe for people and the most powerful because there's no statue monument, um, et cetera, et cetera, that we're ever going to construct that will actually uh, stand the test of time. Mm, I, I love that, Michael. And I, I see analogies in the Gaia Codex. Um, in that mythos, the priestesses of Astera are guardians of uh, the Codex, which is both an Akashic record of regeneration codes for civilization and the holding of the uh, collective wisdom of earth herself and their protectors and they, they these women come together and especially when there's one world is uh, one one dreaming if you will is is dying and another one is being reborn to help uh, set the the space the womb space in an allyship of course with the the male aspect of the self um, for the birth of the, the new world. And I, I agree with you. I think um, we, and I think many of us are, we, you know, we have this dreaming that, that is different. And I, I, I feel, um, I, you know, I, I was, we went to see the, the Dalai Lama um, my husband was executive producing um, Michael, Mickey Limley's film, The Last Dalai Lama. So we were sitting with him. And at one point during the interview, he turned to me and it was very pointed, you know, and he goes, do you feel there's hope for humanity? And it was more like a transmission than a question. And I just felt whew, electrified. And I also was able to speak my true heart, which yes, I feel there's hope for humanity. And I'm not so attached to the homo sapien form, but to conscious sentience. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious what, and not that I think the homo sapien form can continue to evolve, but I'm curious of both of your thoughts on that. That's really powerful, Sarah. I feel like the way for us to evolve is to adopt one of the two methods of technology, mm. which is to adopt a new language or to reintegrate into the true meaning of the existing languages that we've been given. Mm 
Because mm -hmm. I think, uh, you know, Michael, Sean, you, you alluded to something like this, how you know, many things get lost in translation. Mm. And gosh darn it, they do. And that's such a huge divisive. Div language can be such a divisive mm. uh, tool and technology. But when we choose to have our, 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 our dreams reflect our language, mm. right? That if, if the zombies are going to come, then they will, if we keep talking about it. And mm. so it's really important for us to remember the, the language that we're choosing to create with and the space that our language chooses to come from. Mm. And because yeah. our, our, our thoughts create our words, our words create our deeds and you know, so on. And to, to put it very simply, we, we've, been, we, we've been given the task as conscious beings to name everything in existence. Mm -hmm. And with the limited consciousness we had at the time, we did that. I think it's time for an upgrade in how we choose to, to name things. Is it really nature or is it me? Hmm. Is it, are you really you or are we just we? Right? How, how, how do we get to change the way we perceive things? by getting crystal clear mm. on how we choose to relate to things. And maybe one of the most rebellious things that we can do during this time is to not use language the way that any type of civilization that's come before us intended us to use it or our interpretation of it. I think the game of telephone has gone a little bit too far. <laughs> mm. And it's time for us to create that new story. We've been talking about it. And how can we create a new story without a new way of understanding the words that are trying to be articulated through us from like the infinite vastness of the universe mm. through our tiny mind and tiny mouth? I, I, love, I love bringing it back to language and, and, and also just the breakdown of what's happening to us every time we're speaking, right? Because we're hearing and, and feeling both the vibration of sound. We're seeing, if I say apple, I'm also seeing an image of an apple in my mind, right? Um, so, you know, there's a vibrational aspect, there's the, the thoughts that are being transmitted, you know, the images, we're a very image-based culture at this point in time. And, and just, uh, you're bringing awareness to both of those aspects into deepening the intentionality. Um, you know, of course, sacred languages, right, like Sanskrit and Hebrew and have made such a science of that. I'm, I'm more familiar with, with Sanskrit than, than Hebrew, but you know, you, you can have a, a bija, a seed syllable that can expand out into a mantra, and that will then be associated with a, a particular geometric form, mm -hmm. which then is associated with a deity, you know, in the end, but it is working at all these different levels of scale. And so, you know, they've, broken that down to a way of interconnected understanding and in how they're forming 
the world, how they were forming their, their universe. Yeah. I feel like what you're touching into is the spirit of a multidimensional diet. Mm. We talked about this at the beginning. We talked about diet at the beginning of this conversation, mm. how important it is to be finally aware of what mm. we choose to put mm. into our being, whether it's with food or with information or environment or whatever. And then also how we choose to nourish both ourselves and our environments and, and the people closest to us. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking at these, um, yeah, these, these different lenses of understanding, you know, you were talking about, you know, what is the future of how we understand the human body or the technology of the just the the body and it's it's different the bodies um I, i'm studying tibetan medicine um right now sawa rikpa and that's just going into that particular system revisiting it it's been a, a curiosity and a, a kind of sideline passion but now just going into the intricacies of it and seeing it as one system of many that we've had to to understand what the operating system is. And I, I'm curious of these things as pointers, but I, I would just ask maybe all of us, and this is, is what, to really listen deeply within ourselves to find out what the operating system is, right? Yeah, and I, I just kind of, uh, I love this portion of this conversation, by the way. <laughs> You know, like we've really gotten into some um, meaty topics because we're we're starting to think beyond our normal perceptual range. We're starting to think beyond our physical body, and we're actually talking about consciousness in a kind of beyond time kind of way as well. And you talked about well, kind of consciousness and the the, the Homo sapiens will, you know, that they're going to be the carrier of that. Uh, and and I think if we look at you know if you look at the long arc of time and say well complexity and consciousness have been expanding just looking backwards you know from our our limited capacity to see in time we mostly can look back instead of forwards and yep sure enough there's there's more capacity of consciousness than than before in some way and especially in very small local time on a 10,000 year or so time frame, you know where this 10,000 years is much better than the 10 or 20 or 30 or 40,000 before that but if you take out time altogether and you just look at this vector of increasing consciousness and um, and you get unattached to being a human being inside of that, you can at least be a fan for the future of consciousness. Whether you participate in it or not, you can be like, wow, I am so excited that consciousness gets to keep it going on its journey. And if I, if I had an a outside of time spectatorship, it'd be like watching a big movie, right? It's like, well, where is this going? And it's, it's so amazing what we've been able to like, conceive of, just to be able to, like even to be able to just do, say what I said, to be able to stand outside of time and consider the arc of the evolution mm -hmm. of consciousness, that is a gift of, of ability to hold that mm -hmm. we have right now. And, yeah. and we can use that gift to hold dark and depressing things that, oh, this could possibly happen and it scares me. And we can also use it to ennoble our lives, to enrich our mm -hmm. offerings. And I think, um, you know, even more so than doing a project that's going to impact your local neighborhood, which is fantastic and great. We want everybody to do that. Or like a, a nationwide, we're going to clean the oceans project. Even more so to begin to honor and respect ourselves as beings of consciousness, 
to mm. respect what has what has has been manifest in us in this moment of time you know we would just do really well to spend five or ten minutes every day being thankful <laughs> for that and to being thankful mm. for being uh, a vehicle for that such of that consciousness um and uh thank you uh, uh sarah for just you know, like the 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 quality of conversation we have with people is always about the people we're with and this one has led us into uh i think a very profoundly clear moment for us in who we are and and maybe the context of what we're about not the things we're doing but the context of that and uh, I, I thank you for that thank you for all of your championing of those things um anything left for you rachel or you sarah this this conversation anything that that needs to be said to wrap this up uh i think we should plan another one in three or four or five months <laughs> um we could definitely go on but i think i'm ready for next week i'm your <laughs> target <laughs> yeah i i have somebody i from both of you i have little bookmarks of like oh i want to dive in there yeah um but i i realize we have time a little frame of time here it's been so amazing really a blessing Great. And I want to list, leave our viewers with, with something really, really a clear request and, and something you can do right after the show and you can do every day. It would be great if you could set aside five minutes a day and do a very special kind of meditation where you just imagine. You just visualize no destination in sight. Maybe you go to Sarah, Sarah's a, a dome with, with ideas that are wanting to be born with you. But to spend some time imagining and at first, maybe just imagine something to happen this week or something to happen in the next week that's desirable. But to allow your imagination to, to roam a little bit every day. Give it, give us some exercise. We've got these, these devices that, that say how many steps we did a day, but we need a device that says, you know, how many things did we imagine? How many new creations did we allow into ourselves? So uh, a daily practice of five minutes of meditation on, on imagination. Uh, 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 we've just been at, at Boldly Now trying to get together, even if we can't be physically together, just to type some notes about what we're imagining every morning, uh, you know, kind of an 8 a.m. Uh, thing. And what we notice is, is, as we imagine together, we imagine over and over that we start noticing things happening in the world. Mm -hmm. And maybe those things are happening anyway, but we just didn't look at them, or maybe we're actually manifesting in the world. I don't even really care. I just know there's a really profound relationship between our ability to imagine and the life that we lead. And I, and I feel that right now we need to be sovereign imaginers. Uh, mm -hmm. Sovereign, like right here, I'm gonna be the one doing the visualization. I'm not gonna take it from the outside or from anywhere else and see what comes through. So that's my request today. Um, Sarah Drew, thank you so much for your time we, and, and all your gifts that you've given. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. I know many, many people have been touched by your work, so thank you very much. Mm -hmm. uh, appreciate you. having you on the Boldly Now Show today. <laughs> thank you. The Boldly Now Show, igniting the world of burning desire, big ideas, and bold action. Be sure to download Boldly You in the App Store, Google Play, or online at bold.ly forward slash YOU. Boldly You is an app and learning platform igniting your burning desire, big ideas, and bold action, generating a future for a thriving humanity.